Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. You, you took your bleaker hat off for this episode? Why don't you go, go get it and put it back on? All right. Hang on. <laughs> Cage, on. Doesn't move, Cage doesn't move uh, too fast. And he's had uh, – you know, that's, the kind, that's yes. the kind of guy Cage is. So for our, um, for our one-year anniversary, he, uh, he spent the morning going to the store to get uh, his daughter, Leah. She's having some friends over, so he went to get him snacks games, all this stuff. So Ugh. this whole morning when everyone else is uh, enjoying their Saturday. Yeah, man. I've been running around all day. I've been running around all day. I got to tell you guys. We, uh, there you go. It looks fire. It looks good. Uh, I got to tell you guys, Cage, as you guys get to know us better, and we're really excited to meet a lot of you at National, as you guys get to know us better, you? you'll realize we're pretty self-critical guys. Like we uh, – we always think that we could do better. We could give a better play. We could say something better. So this morning when we uh, – that's a beautiful sound. One so year. Part- one year. One year of drinking soda, two-liter bottles. None of this 20-ounce bologna I had yesterday. Two-liter. Cage. I'll pour a glass for you. The response that we got from our community when we did that post, I, I don't know, man. It's pretty overwhelming. It's pretty It's pretty inspiring. It's, it, it's cool to have – you know, I know people support us. But to see the support and the outpouring of, of all those comments, that meant a lot to me, Cage. Well, listen, it made you come on here and do a little bonus episode. I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, you left the, you left him hanging yesterday and you said, oh, it's going to be Irving Fryer and all that stuff. And I kind of like it. If you watch it on YouTube, guys, you can see I did the rock to people's eyebrow. I did one of these like this. And you're like, what? No, Irving Fryer? And, I mean, I love Irving Fryer. I mean, he, you know, that was a great interview. There was some fun, really funny stuff in there. And he's Andrew's one of Andrew's new best friends. They go golfing together in Mexico and stuff. It's like a, it's a lot of fun, right? But I was like, it's a it's a year, man. It's a year. So we, you know, we 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 Andrew texted me this morning. He's sending me some of the messages that he's getting from people, and I sent them back some of the messages that I'm getting from people. And and it really is. It's an it's an amazing thing. You know, like we get to talk about this sports every day. We get to show up every day. We get to do these you know these episodes every day. But really, without Without hesitation, I could say the coolest thing is just, you know, the, the friends we've made, this community we've built, you know, the members of Luca Nation, the ranks grow every day, and just the selfless stuff that, you know, that folks do. You know what I mean? I, I love it. You know, I mean, I, I saw family pictures today from somebody in, uh, in Luca Nation. I don't know if I, I'm supposed to name them, but, you know, they won a raffle and they won a, a, a Lego Disney Castle, the same one that Ian just built last month, and he's going to build it with his kids. And I got a whole family picture of like the Lego stuff. I mean, I feel like I, I, I in the, over the last year, I gained thousands of, of new family members. It really does feel like that. It sounds cliche, but it really does. Like every day I wake up, I try to respond to every message. You know, and a lot of them about cards. What should I buy? Do I like nines versus tens? But I mean, you get so much more than that. I mean, our fit family, you mm-hmm. know. I'm down it's literally 30. like a family, right? It's yeah, just an overweight, it's an overweight family that in two years is going to be the the rip fam. That's it. I'm down 35 pounds since we started that thing. Come on now, let's go. I got I got motivation every day from the Luganation Fit fam. 
You said one thing that I just want to uh, clarify. I didn't jump on and do a bonus episode because of all the comments. Mm. All the comments are, are amazing and they mean the world to me. I jumped on here to do a bonus episode because of my own standards. Ooh. I wanted to deliver above and beyond uh, on our, you know, on the start of our season two of our start of our new year, I wanted to go above and beyond and set the trend, create momentum for the rest of the year. So that's why I jumped on uh, to do a bonus episode. Cage. I like it. I like Let it. Let me ask you, I have a few topics. So first, and it's going to be a little bit of fun. This is going to dovetail into my play. Yes. Give me your top five UFC fighters of all time. Woo. This is going to be good. You want to know why? Because why? people who are collecting now, people who got in with prism now, they won't know half these guys. And it's a great thing. We never really did like a UFC thing. It's a great topic because UFC is great, right? Connor, people who just started watching, people who got in prison are like, oh, you got to get Connor. They watch his last fight. They see he's won one fight in five years. Like, why is this guy so special, right? You know, Khabib retired undefeated because he retired. You know, like the, he quit. People quit at the, at the top of their game. I always like to say there's only one, one undefeated person in all of combat sports, and it's for the time. Because it catches up to everybody, right? It catches up to everybody, right? No matter how good you were or how good you are, if all the time catches up to you, the sport catches up to you. You know, people learn new moves. I mean, if you watch UFC 1, as opposed to what Dana White's putting out right now, it is a different sport. It's not the same sport. It really isn't. You know, back then it was like, you know, Hoist Gracie came in with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, wow, you know, like, you know, look what he could do to everybody because nobody knew what he was doing. But then if you go to, you know, go a little later on when Matt Hughes fights against Hoist Gracie, and Hoist is a little older, obviously. Um, Hoist? Hoist, yeah, Hoist. Why, you don't know Hoist Gracie? No, no. It's R-O-Y-C-E, Hoist Gracie. He won UFC 1. He's like the godfather of of the UFC because he won a bunch of the first couple of events. He kind of put it on the map. The Gracie family is, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu you know, they're, they're really well-known. There are Gracie members still fighting now in the UFC. I think Kron might still be in the UFC. Um, they're kind of like, you, you know, like jujitsu royalty. But anyway, you got to Matt Hughes, and, you know, and he was grounded pound, came out of nowhere, right? And then he beat up, you know, Hoist. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it just showed how the sport kind of evolved over time. Um, I'm a, I, listen, top five, I say Anderson Silva. Pound for pound, you know, like, remember, there's different weight classes. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. But Anderson yeah. Silva, John Jones, um, you know, John Jones, he has one loss in his career. And it's, you know, it's he did it to himself. He got disqualified for a 12 to 6 uh, elbow. Um, but Anderson Silva, John Jones, um, I have to go back a little bit further. I would say George St. Pierre, Rush, um, so we got we got different weight classes there. So we have 170, we have 185, and we have light heavyweight. The greatest heavyweight of all time, mm, that's going to be real difficult because nobody has the title that long. I'm going to cheat and go Randy Couture because he was mm. uh, he was two two different two different yep. like he was light heavyweight and he was heavyweight also. I cheat a little bit on that. And is that your play? But I got to give one more. I'll give a little guy. Um, I'm gonna give Connor only because he did so much for the sport and really, really took it out. And and you know, not, WMMA, not BJ Penn, not BJ give, Penn. So I love BJ Penn, but he got a little crazy towards the end. I love BJ Penn. BJ scrappy. Uh, BJ fought way too long. He shouldn't have. He's gotten the crap beat out of him in his most recent fights. BJ is awesome. I mean, the guy fought wars in the cage. Um, on women's MMA, um, I love Ronda. Ronda put this the sport guy could on go forever. And uh, and Misha Tate, by the way, fighting now. Misha Tate is back. You guys watch that fight. Misha, Misha's a great follow on Twitter. You know, she was in one MMA for a little while. Um, you know, a mom 
just showing you what you know what what um, what these combat athletes, what you know professional athletes can do. She's in great shape. I hope she wins her fight. You know, um, just a real real good. She follows me on Twitter, so I gotta say hi. What's up, Misha? <laughs> good. So. I want to ask you another question, but I'm worried it's going to take seven more minutes. And then no, I'm looking at the clock. So ask me a question. It's right. nine minutes. What do you think? I'll the, be done by nine thirty. What do you think the top five sports in twenty years are going to be? Mm. Wow. Why right. I ask the question is we need to remember that the sp- like boxing was the world's biggest sport in 1985. Yeah. Yeah. And basketball, now basketball, soccer some form of martial art makes martial art combat sport definitely i don't know it might be fighting robots by then because people don't want to you know get killed like in real steel with hugh jackman right um but but some form of combat sport so that's three you need me to do five or is that enough football remind me guys never to ask cage anymore not like, look i did it 30 seconds i said 30 seconds if 30 seconds is done don't don't i'm not gonna give you f1 i'm not giving you f1 don't give me f1 not saying f1 so there you go there's the sports Why I ask Cage all these questions is (laughs) I wanted to bring you guys a play that's a little bit different, a little bit more original today. And I I was actually watching highlights of like the best uh, rematches in UFC history, right? BJ Penn was one of those. Randy Couture versus Chuck Liddell was another. uh, Rivalry. It was basically trilogies, right? One guy won, then it was 1-1. And then. Uh, yeah, and you're right. B- I was watching BJ Penn that like those guys that weigh like 105 pounds, they just they don't even play defense. They just let th- they just like they just take shots to the jaw like yeah. it's nothing. BJ's but, 155 champ. He fought at 155. Yeah, BJ wow. 155. Yeah. They, they don't defend. It, they just get they just take punches. Well, I mean, BJ was good on the ground also. I mean, who'd you see him fight against? BJ against who? GSP? No, no, no. Uh, I can't remember right now. But anyway, so I was looking for plays, and I was like, get these guys cards. But then I was like, God, I went to look, and um, there's these hand-signed gloves. Some of the gloves are game-worn. And I'm looking at them, and there's 70 bucks, yep. 100 bucks. Randy Couture is, yeah. was getting oh, yeah. my play, but, but honestly, make your own play. Like, we all have – you know, some people love GSP. Some people love Silva. I love John Jones. Unfortunately, the market and the world kind of – you know, he was a scapegoat, scapegoat in a lot of ways, and he did a lot of stupid shit. So the world doesn't like him, or the, the investment world might not like him. Make your own play. But I'm looking at Randy Couture, who's won in two divisions, who's an OG of the game. Uh, and, and I think UFC, like, I think it has the best commissioner in all of sports. Like, you can't argue Dana White is a brilliant, brilliant businessman. He knows how to market. A lot of people right now are like, he doesn't want Dustin Poirier to win because McGregor's his star that sells out. He's been able to create stars time and time and time again. Ultimate fighters coming back. My point is we're buying cards like Zion Prison PSA 10s for like 300 bucks. And here is an up-and-coming sport of a guy. And you have a guy who's been a champion in two divisions. Autographed gloves. Remember memorabilia? I'm picturing uh, what's his name? Uh, Rips. Put the net. Put, put the net over his head. Memorabilia is a play. And by, and by the way, guys, at National, something that's cool that uh, I was talking to Eric Myers, Holy Hustle, he said, make sure to spend a few hours at the memorabilia section of National, not just cards. Make sure to go to the section. It's like kind of in the back here, he says, of memorabilia dealers. So I recommend that. And my play today I'm really excited about is uh, Randy Couture, game-worn or not game-worn gloves, depending on your price range, autographed. They come with uh, a certificate of authenticity. And I think it's just such a cool play for all of our people out there who are UFC fans and want to get something that's pretty cheap. And I think it's a collector's item. 
So that was my play today, Cage. I like it. I like it. So, so you know, I'm not supposed to just say I like it because we're going to start year two off with me giving real stuff, right? So sure. you don't like me going too long, so I'll try to keep it short. A couple things with the UFC. One, anybody who, who is saying, oh, he wanted Poirier to lose – uh, he wanted Poirier to lose. He, they're probably right. Obviously, Dana White wants wants you know the best fighter to win. He wants to put the best product out there, and he's not cheering against one of his fighters over the other. But you'd be a fool if you thought that Connor draws less than Poirier. The, the winner of this fight is going to fight against um, Charles Oliveira, Du Bronx, they call him, um, for the for the belt. The Connor would do one point eight. It would do pay per views through the roof. It would set records. You know, him coming back, trying to win a belt again. Poirier's going to do half that. I mean, I love the guy. He's a great fighter. A lot of people don't know this. I forget what it's called. Maybe like Fight Nation. There's a, if you, if you type in, because you're, you know, you're my Google guy while we do this. You type in Dustin Poirier documentary, right? Dustin Poirier came in to the UFC in like 2011, I think. Um, that's his first card. He's got a fight Fightville? card, 2011. Fightville. That's it, Fightville. 2011. If you, watch, if you watch Fightville, what's funny about this, you take a look. It might be on Netflix. I don't know, Fightville. Um, it's down the bayou. You know, they're, they're watching fighters up and coming. They're trying to make a name out of themselves. And they're in Dustin Poirier's gym. But they're in a gym with another fighter, right? And Poirier's in the background, like, training, right? He's, like, the number two guy in the gym. And they probably would not have done this Fightville, you know, documentary if not, if it was just Poirier, but there was this other guy who they thought was going to be great, and he didn't train, he didn't, he fell off, he didn't do his stuff, he got injured and all this stuff. And while they're filming this, Poirier is winning and, and, and winning all his fights, and turns into this like you know a UFC fighter and the whole deal. And he literally was not supposed to be the guy, you know what I mean? He was he was supposed to be like the ancillary guy, and it turned into, so it's a really cool like story, really cool backdrop. The the guy does such great stuff for charity. He really does. He's got a great charity stuff. But that said, people want to watch Connor. People want to watch headliners. And I'm going to tell you about the UFC, right? So, you know, you, you talk about Randy Couture. That's a name. He's in movies and that stuff, right? When I started watching the UFC, the champs at the time, I, I had a banner signed. I gave it to one of my friends. I had a banner signed. It's like one of those, like, big vinyl ones at the bar. And it's like Brock Lesnar was at the top of the heavyweight championships, right? It was John Jones as the, the light heavyweight champ. It was Anderson Silva as the as the 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 middleweight champ. 170 was George St. Pierre, right? When they brought the little guys in, you had Jose Aldo as, as one of the champs. The guy was a, a beast in, in, in Brazil. And you know, they Jose. had Jose Aldo. Jose. Jose Aldo. Come on, and it's Hoist Gracie. Come on. Are you gonna try to say their names the right way? You know, I don't want to mess it up. There are it's Jose. Fans. It's not Jose, it's Jose Aldo. Wow. Jose, okay. Jose Aldo Jr. Um, so so listen, so 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 the headliners sell it, and I loved it back then. You watch a few, you know, every fight had somebody great in it. The champs were great. It was just battles, wars, and then you had Ronda for a while, and then you had Connor for a while. Ronda came like 2012 as a rookie, Connor's mm-hmm. 2013's rookie years, uh, you know, and 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 you had these guys. They would carry the promotion, and they don't have somebody carrying the promotion right now. You know, they're trying with Israel Adesanya. But anybody who tells you they enjoy watching a Kamara Usman fight, they're lying to you. They're lying. Trust me, they are lying to you, right? I mean, you know, maybe there's a couple purists who like that stuff. You, you know, know, you know what? The, you know what? I think um, Dana White makes Dana White so special, and I think it. You know, when it comes to uh, specifically MLB and base and uh, NHL, the commissioners of those sports, they don't do. They don't think long term. Yep. So, like, sure, in 2021 on July 17th. Maybe Dana White doesn't have a true star. 
like, like he had with McGregor. But what he's shown is he could create those stars. And sure, there's there's dull yeah, periods, very lag periods. It happened in the NBA, frankly, too. Like a lot of people remember, like the mid two thousands was a little bit boring watching the NBA. Um, so like, it happens. There's peaks and valleys in sports. There's peaks and valleys in fame. I think he's able to create uh, stars. So maybe now is even a better time to invest because it's a little bit of a lull because there's no true uh, alpha in UFC. But but. Mark my words, there so will the be. the second thing, the second reason why uh, I'll comment on the, the memorabilia side on UFC alone is um, I have a lot of friends who did UFC and UFC memorabilia and would always look at me and be like, why do you want the cards? You got a card that's got a little piece of a glove in it. You got a card that's got a little piece of the shorts in it. You got a card that's got a piece of what? You know, like, like his autograph? Like, he, I'll give you the whole fight kit for less than that, right? I'll give you the whole gear, of the fighting stuff. And I would always say no. What holds value in what we do is it's in the car. It's going to be packed, pulled, it's topped, it's verified, it's licensed, the whole deal. And here's why it's a little different in the UFC, right? Prior to the UFC uh, Reebok contract, the fight kit, the gear, that stuff, that was a way for, for these guys to make money, right? I'm talking about the used stuff like for the fight. People, they would sponsor it. They were like NASCAR drivers, but they had every, everyone in their shorts would have every – like dude wipes was Tyron Woodley. Like it didn't matter. Like whoever gave me a dollar, I'm putting it on the shorts. I remember I have friends who sponsored fighters. You know, like it's just cr- – like the law firm in Fun New fact. York. Fun yeah. fact. That's the OG days of cage – lawyers cage lawyers exactly so that's a little that's that's the deal right so cage lawyers right so 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 these guys they would go to shows they would do autograph signings because they were not also even now the ufc guys they don't make anywhere near what any other sports makes right so so that's that's why there's a lot of gloves out there that's why there's a lot of and randy couture he does signings he's still a name he does a lot of gloves for him out there and that kind of stuff connor not so much connor is a cool one if you're a connor fan you got to grab one of his earlier autographs you know, an autograph in person is cool. An autograph on card is cool because just check out that video. I think Cardborn posted it, uh, you know, reposted a, a video on recently. Every fight, the fighters sign a fight autograph poster. These are some cool things. So I was trying to talk to CSG about it. Every event has like a, a licensed poster where you could buy it at the event and it's signed by every fighter in that event. And they're numbered. I think they did like 150 of them. They're like real limited. I have some rolled up in the canisters in my basement. You know, Nick Diaz, not Nate. Nick Diaz against GSP. I have. I got some Anderson Silva ones. I used to buy them just like – Guys, know. every time from in season two when Cage mentions his basement, you have to take a shot. <laughs> I used to ba- the basement. I would, I would clean the basement. The basement got so much shit in it. Cage's got- basement is bigger than all of your guys' <laughs> houses combined to store all of these artifacts. And yeah, man. Well, listen. It's, uh, and there's a lot of laundry down there too. But it's like 20 years of like collecting – Madness. Listen, I used to do wine. I got a lot of wine down in that basement too. It's like a cellar. But anyway, the point is that that Connor's signature is like this now. He's like he's just touching his pen on it. There's no name. So you know that's a cool thing too. You know, like try to find like a full good signature. I like the play because it's how do you beat it? Seventy bucks. Randy Couture on a glove, the full glove. You know, like get the whole glove. Or but but get your guy, get your girl. If you're if you're a Ronda Rousey fan, if you're a Misha Tate, if you're a GSP. Go for your guy, right? Like with cars, we always say buy what you love, but not like not really. There's like uh, Cage doesn't love that, but go with no, yours. Yeah. Randy Couture is a monster, dude. That guy was one of the OGs of the game, so uh, that's why I chose him, and I do believe he's a top five. Uh, so that was my play. 
Okay, Josh, two more topics. I could also hand over the mic to you if you want to give your play. And no, we do two to- you want- I'll do my play really quick, and then we'll do your topic. Can you do me a favor? So I'm going to go grab one. I'm actually, I'm actually close to my uh, of uh, an actual copy of my of my play. Can you do me a favor just for the folks who are tuning in on YouTube? we got a lot more people watching our videos on YouTube, so we, we want to we make sure they see this. Can you type in, in eBay? It's 1929 Cashin, K-A-S-H-I-N, Babe Ruth. 1929 Cash. K-A-S-H-I-N, Ruth. Oh, he's going back to the bag. He's going back to the bag with his Baby Ruth play. Hey, did you ever like Babe Ruth? Probably not. All right, Cage was ill-prepared for today's uh, episode. So I'll go ahead. I'll pull up the Cash and Play. You should have taken people on a tour down to your basement to show them where you got your cash and play. So were, were you able to find were you able to find one on eBay? There we go. Wow, that's an excellent five. That's nice. That's gotta be expensive, I would think. That's a nice looking five. How much is that? Ten dollars and ninety-nine cents. Oh no, ten thousand dollars, nine hundred and ninety-five. Well, so do you see any other ones, cheaper ones, whatnot, like that, or you know any any other ones so while he's looking and i appreciate you doing this andrew because you know you're not my look at that it's in mexican money i love it i can't even tell what they are so i gave the 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 Sanella margarine play the other day and i always have like three or four plays ready to go when we uh when we do our conversations and this is one that i had there it just it seems to dovetail really nicely with what andrew just did right he's talking about what the future may hold Right, he's talking about banking on the UFC becoming one of those more global sports, one of the more successful sports. You know, moving up the ranks and becoming something that people, um, you know, might uh, invest in, and you can get in there ahead of the curve, right? And honestly, just to jump in here, UFC is the most international sport we have, other than soccer. If you look at where they've done their events, oh yeah. If if you just Google UFC where they've held events, it's global, and they always have been. Always have yeah, so it's uh they have a really really global fan base. I mean they've been fighting in Dubai for over a decade, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, more than that. I mean they they always have been, um, and their and their fighter base, even though it's all under one you know one umbrella, they're from everywhere. They got a couple a mm-hmm. couple of champs from Africa, you know. I mean it's just they they really are. I mean they've got Canadian champs. I mean they're 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 guys are from all over because obviously Irish champs, you know, Connor. Um, so so it's fun stuff. But I I figured let me swing the pendulum the other way. If you don't feel like gambling on what sport might become, you know, the next big thing, if you don't feel like, you know, uh, oh, wow, I like soccer, but I don't know if it's ever going to catch on, you know, you can always balance out that gamble on a UFC becoming something big with something that I, I don't care how mismanaged baseball is. There are titans, right? I don't care what happens with basketball. Michael Jordan will always be valuable. LeBron James is always going to be valuable. It's always going to be like that. That blue chip Babe Ruth is as well. The only difficult part is that, you know, Babe Ruth, he played in a time where cards were kind of spotty. He kind of came after the tobacco cards. You know, there were some candy cards, some caramel cards in the 20s that were there. Um, and then the 30s, he started getting some nice stuff. But that was sort of the tail end of his career. There's some hand-cut cards in there. You know, obviously, he got the Baltimore News in the teens. You know, those are weird cards as well. So I, I always am on the lookout for, like, odd Babe Ruth cards and people will argue with me about whether this is a card it's sort of like a postcard so it's a little bit bigger than usual which by the way i think is cool i can give this slab to ian and he's like oh i like the big slabs you know the cool stuff it's a little little larger than a card um it's a postcard 
I like it. Talk about an iconic little pose here. So I got mine. Mine's only a two. I don't have a five. I only have a two. All right, so you got a little glare there. But, yeah, there we go. That's good. So mine's a two. I mean, I got an iconic Ruth pose, right? He's batting. You got the Yankee hat on. That's real nice. The center is not the best thing on earth. They didn't really do much back then with these things, right? I mean, it's a postcard. So you got some, like, tape smudges. It was probably in a book somewhere. There's no stats or anything on the back of it. I just think it's cool. This thing is almost 100 years old, and it's Babe Ruth, you know, and it's a Babe Ruth card, and I think I paid like $600 for this. I mean, I've owned it for many, many years. I don't know what the – that's why I asked you to pull them up. I don't know what the small one is. Probably more than 600 bucks. but that's the point, right? Let's say oh, you can get a one now for, I don't know, $1,000, or maybe it's less. I have no idea, but that's something I put – away in the collection it's part of the baseball card mutual fund i have no intention of selling it and in a year i'll look it up and it'll be worth a little bit more than what it's worth now in five years i look it up it'll be worth a little bit more than it is now so so why I give this one today instead of a couple of the other ones is you can pair that up with andrew's more um speculative play right andrew is gonna say let's make some plays on the ufc let's make some plays on um on on sports that are gonna grow like soccer right maybe they pay off maybe he's right and maybe you're right and maybe that's speculative play and maybe you have another one i don't know maybe you want to invest in highlight cards or australian football cards or whatever it is you're thinking about investing in right now that's a more speculative play pair it up with something like this that doesn't have to be a thousand dollar babe ruth but you get the point right you pair it up and maybe both pay off. One's got a slow growth and one's going to really – but if that, that riskier play doesn't actually pay off for you, you've now hedged, right? You've put some more blue chip in your portfolio. And if that one goes down, don't worry about it because the money you put on that, you're going to make up for it on a card like this. That's my play. Well, in case you want to see it again. 1929. K-A-S-H-I-N. That's like a postcard. A little Babe Ruth right there. So I can't help but notice, but it, it's the new Lighthouse label, right? It is a new lighthouse label. So there's this great piece. Uh, it's on collectible.com. It's uh, lessons from the legendary Marshall Fogel and the $25 million mantle card. Mm -hmm. So there's a few takeaways. I'll try to summarize them. The, the gist is in the last 18 months, we've had more cards graded than probably in the last five to 10 years. Yep. Okay. Yep. 100%. And as a result, and we're already seeing this in the market, cards that are recently graded, a PSA 10, for example, with the new Lighthouse label and newer grading, are uh, fetching a premium to cards that don't have that, right? Yep, 100%. And then there's this guy named Mike Bayer who uh, he, he slaps on that little gold diamond or little silver diamond or platinum diamond on top of cards. It's like his additional review of a PSA 10. And the Mickey Mantle PSA 10, you're making a lot of noise in that chair. <laughs> um, I got down. I sat down. You know? <laughs> because I, I have – I actually – I tell Luke and Asia, I'm going to be honest with them. I own two of these, both twos. And I went to go look whether or not one of the other ones – the other one was a, not a Lighthouse label so I could do a side-by-side. -side, but they're both Lighthouse labels. So I apologize. Okay. That's why I shut the camera off, guys. But I was looking yeah. to see if I had two. I could show the difference between the two for Andrew. But Sorry. Weird, weird flex, but but okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's just it, it's not a flex. It would have been just cool to see one that didn't have the lighthouse label and one that did. That's all. And I think the logic is of uh, all of this is not every PSA ten is created equal. That's true, right? 
And there should be, I guess, another scale on top of PSA 10s. I guess my question is... Um, Who's watching Mike Baker? Who's grading Mike Baker's diamonds? I mean, where do you stop, said, right? Where do you stop? But, where, where does that stop? Right. And, and what I said was, at least with PSA, you have three people grading the car, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's wrong, but at least there's some level of objectivity there. When you have a grader, no matter how experienced or how good, and I use good in quotations... It's, it becomes instantly subjective. Can I tell you something? If I somehow won the lottery, I was able to talk to this Fogel guy. Fogel, by the way, great friggin' name. Great Fogel, name. <laughs> Fogel was the name of uh, McLovin. That's yep. all I can think of. I That's all I can think of. I'm like, McLovin owns this card? What the hell are you talking about? How's McLovin own the thing? How's McLovin own the Mickey Mantle? Right? By the way, guys, Superbad is on uh, Netflix. And you know, if you guys are ever scrolling and you can't find something or. There's a million choices, so you're like, you can't land on one. Land on Superbad, you're going to have yourself a great hour and a half. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was, that, anyway, so McLovin owns this. If, if I somehow if I somehow found a way to become a crypto quazillionaire overnight, whatever the hell it's going to be, and I said, hey, McLovin, sell me that, that Mickey Mantle 1952 Topsy guy. I know it's priceless, but I'll give you like – you know, I don't know, whatever it is. I'll give you a, uh, uh, some, some, I'll give you some whatever money you want, right? You know what the first thing I'll I give you? The dapper, I'll give you my entire dapper balance. Yes, which my dapper balance is like $17 right now. Just letting you know. We can talk about Top Shot another day, folks. That is, I don't want to beat that dead horse. So, you know what I would do? When I finally got that mantle in my hands, I rubbed it all over myself. I would say, oh, me and Mickey Mantle, I would rip that friggin' Mike Baker diamond sticker right off. There is no way I would allow somebody to have that on one of my slabs. To me, it defaces the card. And I know, hey, Mike Baker, maybe you would have been a sponsor of the podcast one day, and I just shit on that. But we here at Luca Nation, we tell you how we feel. And to me, that's an insult. And I don't know, PS, I don't know how PSA feels about it, but, I mean, they're allowing that out there. That, what a great advertisement for Mike Baker. Get, get out of here. Forget about it. You know, I mean, what makes the stuff liquid makes the stuff liquid. People have tried this before, and we've seen there are premiums, right? So there's a premium when you have a lighthouse label as opposed to the other ones. And I get that, and I can explain why I think that is valuable, and even more so over the last couple of months than 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 previously, right? I have some old labels, and maybe I'll have to change them. I have I have some Babe Ruth cards that I purchased myself nearly 20 years ago. There was no lighthouse label. The label looks like I printed it with a typewriter because it's a 20 year old label, right? And I've, I've actually showed those to people who were like, oh, I want to buy whatever Babe Ruth you have. And they're like, I'm not buying that. That looks fake. And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't know what to so, tell you. So, so real quick. So here, so where I got this topic, yeah. and I recommend you guys follow this, a friend of the show, Heroes for Sale posted this, okay? Yeah. And one of the comments is, is hilarious. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is because I don't want to blast them. But if you go to Heroes for Sale post, you'll see it. He said, putting a worthless sticker on a piece of art is a crime. Imagine some guy putting his sticker of approval on Mona Lisa. It would be ridiculous. Right. And, and so here's why that card especially. And Mike Baker, do your thing, man. Make your money. Have fun. Have fun. He's a respected grader, by the way. You know, he's, he's got a very good reputation in what he does. There are three tens. Do you really need to differentiate that my, te my ten is the Mike Baker diamond ten? There's three of them. You, you want to put it on a Luca fucking prism. Oh, sorry. I'm getting angry. But you want to put it on a Luca prism? <clears throat> Okay, maybe so I can that make was an my follow-up question. I'm glad you went there. I can't believe I just one-year episode. I just this gets me angry. I mean, I, it does. It gets me angry because that's kind of stupid. I'm just gonna say that's Fogel. Fogel, 
McLovin, get that sticker off that card, man. It's you know what? It's like drawing a mustache on Mona Lisa. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you what are you doing? Come on now. What the hell? Come on. Man. So let, let's go to the let's go to Luca. Do you think for like a Luca Prism that has 17,000 pop. Do you think that there should be levels of distinction of a PSA 10? No. I can understand somebody putting that diamond on there. But I don't understand anybody paying a premium for that diamond on a Luca Silver or a Luca Prism. I don't. I, I mean, in, in, what's going to make those base cards have value, have some, 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 some tradability? Is their liquidity. What creates liquidity? Right? What allows a StockX or a Star Stock yeah. or any of these other places to exist and to bring in so many people and to you know make it the the equivalent of a stock exchange type scenario where you're trading cards the way you're trading stocks is is the belief that a ten is a ten is a ten on liquid cards, right? So to me, waste. Now, I think there might be some sort of happy medium, right? Where you have a pop of. 100 to 1,000 of a card, or maybe 100 to 500 of a card, right? And there's PSA 10s, there's 100 to 500 of them. Maybe your Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie card, that kind of card falls into that kind of window, right? You want to tell me that there's a, there is a market for somebody to be you know, evaluating those and differentiating 10 versus 10? Sure. And, and it doesn't have to be Mike Baker. PWCC does it, right, with their PWCC E and A and S and whatever. I mean, they change their... They change their 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 standards, you know, their their letters. But you you see, I'm pretty sure that the PWCC Premier Auction is ending tonight. They have a Jordan in it that has one of their identifiers, you know, one of their um, you know, their letters that they they put a premium on, and it is definitely selling more than the ones that have sold recently in Golden. Right? It definitely is because they reviewed it and they said, "Oh, this one's really nice." Right? So there's definitely a market for it, and there's definitely a premium to be paid. On all those higher end cards, I don't know that there's a premium to be paid on a Luca. I, I'd have to do research on it, but I mean, you know, if you if you could buy a Luca PSA 10 or pay twenty dollars more for a Luca PSA 10 Diamond Mike Baker, whatever the heck it is, meh. I'm just gonna get the 10. And by the way, almost everyone I've spoken to, they have the same feeling as that comment on the Heroes for Sale post. Get that sticker off there. <laughs> I don't blame them. It's uh. It's an interesting world we live in, for sure. Cage, let's talk. Um, do you have any topics? I don't want to hijack. Dude, I love when you give me topics because I don't know what the topics are. It allows me to kind of be a little like, you know, off the top of my head. And this is, you know, this is the Luca Nation here. Do I have any topics? The National. I'll ask okay. you a question. And then sure. you know, I'd love to hear from our, 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 our Luca Nation fam. Um, you know, do you, do you go there with goals? Do you go there kind of like wide open and say, hey, you know, and I'm not talking about from the podcast perspective. I, I want your collector hat on for a second, right? We obviously have podcast goals. We have podcast goals all the time, but I'm talking about collector, right? Do you go there hoping, hey, I want to find this, these three cards. Hey, I want to sell these cards. Hey, I want to, I want to color up these five cards and get this card. You know, do, are there any specific booths and tables you want to see? Do you want to go to this particular thing? Like, are you set? Like, I go to Disney World. I know what my days are going to be. I know I'm going to this park this day. I want to ride this. I want to do this. So tell me about the national thing. Amazing. So, so guys, first thing you need to know is I am not naturally someone who's disciplined or organized or anything like that. Like if I had my way, I would just order food and sleep on and like watch movies all day. But I've learned Sounds like that my life. discipline creates freedom. So I absolutely, I would have a goal, a plan and an outline. So like what I mean by that is an outline of your day. 
So like, for example, I need exercise or else I'm going to be moody and not myself. So I'm, I need to budget that into a day where it's going to be nonstop interaction. And let's say the national opens at 11. I know that I need to get up at a certain time and do exercise because the rest of the day is going to be so unpredictable. Same thing when it comes to meeting people, you know, lunches, coffees, things like that. Like I'm going to have five, 10, 15 meetings already planned in advance at a certain time. And I'm going to try to keep them to 15, 20 minutes. So for sure. Third thing is I would definitely have a list of cards that I'm going after. Like this is the card I'm looking for and these three grades and these are the prices to take away. So like I, I grew up in a family business and what we've learned is there's the right there's behavioral psychology. A guy named Dan Ariely from Duke University talks about this actually a lot. And it's how like the way you place things on a menu board and how much quantity there are and where they're placed impacts people's decision. So that's why when you go to a busy menu board, you're kind of like a diner, it cheapens the menu. You're, you First off, you're not sure what to order, but when you do order, you have this opportunity of cost of, could I have ordered something else that was better than this? Okay, and that causes decision fatigue. So when you have a layout of these are the cards I'm going after, this is the price, and these are the potential grades and grading companies. It removes the decision. It removes it. It's like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing if if I get this X deal, and you're ready to move. So, so I absolutely do, and that's not something Cage that's come natural to me. That's something that I've learned impacts my happiness. So when I have an outline, when I have goals, when I have a framework of what I'm going to do that day, that week, it gives me a lot of peace of and, and uh, peace of mind, so that I could actually go and have fun. Because I, I think the one thing that causes you not to have fun is anxiety. And anxiety comes from a lack of preparation in whatever uh, area of life that is. So usually get to ask me questions. I'm going to ask you something because it's a one-year anniversary, right? And, you know, you might as well. And sometimes I put you on the spot and it sucks because, you know, you look at me and you're like, I don't have an answer for that. You know, I'm like, all right, well, this is how we roll, man. So, so I'm going to ask you, looking back at the last year, right? And you can take this however you want, right? You got a you got you got something that's happened with the podcast over the last year that was a good story, an unexpected story, a surprise, something you would do over again, something that you're thrilled it happened the way that it did. You know, any of those, anything that falls into any of those categories, or if you want to take a different route, you know, something that maybe you, you're looking forward to in year two for our podcast. Any of those. I just kind of threw it out there. So last December, last January. I wanted to, uh, I was living at home. I wanted to borrow my dad's car to go to the show in Westchester, New York. Nice. And I was taking real estate classes during this. And I, I bought some Zion Prism, Zion, I had one Zion Silver, and I wanted to submit them there to PSA to get graded. This is, I was so new to the hobby, I thought that they would literally grade the card right there on the spot. Uh, they do not. But I, I, I oh, got my dad. Enough, you're paying off, they'll do it. Not, not at Westchester. They didn't have that option. Oh, they didn't have? Okay. So uh, this is January of 20. January of 20. And he starts giving me a lecture of like, you know, what are you going to do with these cards? Like, you know, you're taking real estate classes. Don't you want to just focus on your real estate classes? This is a distraction. Stop being a little boy. And I, I, at this point, I, I was, I'm more mature. So I know how to handle his um, Eastern European Russian uh you know, banter. And I was like, you don't get it, man. Like this Zion car is going to make me, uh, I think I said, it's going to make me, it's going to make me a millionaire. Uh, and that's the most rewarding because 
sure, I said that and I'm not a millionaire, but the whole point was I had a hunch. I went with my intuition. I was like, I feel that there's something here. I know this space. I grew up trading sports cards. I don't know why it took me to this point to get back into it, but something felt right and I have to go with my gut. Uh, and I was like, dude, just trust me. Like I, I, I have faith in this. He kept talking, he kept rambling, but like it was this feeling of certainty. And then since that day, I've executed. I've been meticulous. I've been strategic. I've done the research. I've done the homework. Then I not only was I grading cards and learning that space and having conversations and learning uh, because I came into this world. I just asked a million questions. People like Bro Namath could tell you, Gem City Sports. We've been texting forever, and I just asked them questions. I learned the hobby. Then I started the podcast. So to me, it's just the culmination of going out on the limb, taking a chance on yourself. And then up until this point, I feel that I've been right, but I'm not resting on my laurels and I'm, uh, I'm as hungry as ever. I like you know, I, I always make it heady. That's good, man. It's good. I mean, listen, you could have won anyway with it. hundred percent. I mean, it's a one second, thing, yeah, second thing is I really don't know much and having the guests on and uh, the conversations with you, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the hobby. It's funny, man. I appreciate that. And, and if you were to ask me the same question now, just thinking that, um, thinking back and, and listening to your story of kind of like growth, I think I would go with uh, what I would change. And it's funny. I'm gonna, what I would, what I'm going to try to do, you know, year two here. Um, and I just did it in this episode here. Um, sometimes I feel like I know a lot about the hobby and yet, the hobby changes on us. It changes on us every day. And I have these very opinionated takes, right? And I think if I make one of those takes and I'm just dead wrong, first, I want Luca Nation to call me out on it. They kind of already do. But I do want to, you know, after the dust settles, I do want to be able to come on here and be like, all right, guys, you know, I'm not infallible. I mean, I was wrong on this one. I'll start it off. I'll, I'll say this because I've done more research on it and I don't own one. So let's, I'll make that clear. And I also want to be more transparent with Luca Nation as much as we can, right? There are a lot of hobby folks out there, a lot of, a lot of content that has come and gone. I like to think that the reason why we're still here and why we are thriving and why, why we continue to grow day over day is because we are as transparent with you as we can be and as honest with you as we can be. Um, I'm going to work on that th the rest of this year as well with, you know, my collection, kind of throwing it out there. You guys know exactly what we have. Make sure you know whether we own something or don't. But what I'm going to say now, I do not own. So take that, whatever it is. I may have been wrong about the V friends with Gary V. Hmm. And I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll say I've been researching on those. And, and the NFT thing, I know a lot of people, we beat the hell out of NFTs. What I'm learning about NFTs is it's going to be about utility, but also about community, right? It's the community that's built around the NFT, right? And I think that's part of why Top Shot right now is failing, right? As much as you could say it's failing, right? I mean, they're huge, but their sales for this month are trending back to where they were in December, right? Which is way before any boom, right? So it's like, it's done one of these like cycles, right? And Z-Friends might hit there. You never know what's going to happen. But Gary is driving the conversation there. He's driving the community. He's in Discord. He's now taking it to the next level. So a hat's coming out this week with a pigeon on it. You know, I see posts about it. I see him now creating an NFT company that's ancillary news that goes out there like Elon Musk does. You know, Tesla stock goes up when this guy talks about going to Mars. It has nothing to do with Tesla, but it's a, you know, you're buying into the people behind it is what you always say, right? And I've seen the prices they've held. I've seen the community that's built up around it are excited about the stuff. Sort of like this bored ape yacht club 
which I thought was ridiculous. It came out of nowhere. So yesterday, the floor on those things, which was like nothing, you know, a percentage of, of Ethereum when they started, it's like six Ethereum just to get in on one of those things, right? I mean, talk about like, you know, you know, $12,000, right? I mean, you know, uh, and uh, you're, you're starting to get into like crypto punk territory, which is like, you know, $35,000, $40,000 floor on those to get in. So, so, and what's the difference is the community on Twitter, the community on those, it's, it's, it's rabid, right? People have them as their avatar. People are talking about them. There's shirts, there's jerseys, there's, you know, people are making all kinds of like pins and buttons and, and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, that's my explanation. We'll see. Like I said, the jury's still out. It's, when did those things come out? May, you know, I mean, they're a couple mm-hmm. months in. So we'll see. You know, Top Shot a couple months in had a huge high and then it has dipped back down. Um, I think Gary is probably smart enough to, you know, figure out how to avoid that. And look, if I make a call on somebody, I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm wrong. I mean, I told you guys, you know, that I thought Middleton was, you know, you know, one, a one B Middleton and Giannis. And, uh, you know, I came back and I told you guys that I think Giannis is a stud. Uh, I didn't think that, you know, a couple months ago, uh, that injury changed it. But I also still think Middleton is pretty damn good too, uh, when they need him. You know, I mean they they run hot and cold. But that's gonna be my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be you know with you guys as 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 best as I can. Um, and also one more if I can. If I have a hunch about something, we have a daily podcast. I'm gonna get on here and tell you about it as soon as I've done my research. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So like two or three days ago, Cage calls me uh, and he talks about this new project that Panini released. So full disclosure, we both own these now. Yeah, uh, we bought packs. We bought, we bought packs. packs. <laughs> um, it's, it's, so it's this uh, NBA NFT blockchain. And right now for the next few hours, probably when you guys are listening, it's going to be expired, is the silver parallel pack is available. Before that, they only had one release and it was the debut release, right? Yep. And so I've bought into a cage. I'm seven. So there's a challenge going on to get uh, – so the, the, the things in the, that you get in the in the packs, they're basically moments, but they're still shots of the cards of this year. They, they're a 2021 release. Uh, they used, it seems like a very similar UI to Top Shot, and they have challenges too. So I'm trying to complete the challenge that they have going on. It's, the, it's for people to get this LeBron card in the NFT version, and I have 7 out of 10 completed. Wow, dude. From buying packs, or are you buying some singles here and there to complete the challenge? I got five from packs, or four from packs, and then I got three. You did? Yeah. Wow. I bought, I bought a lot of packs. I didn't want to make the same mistake again. So, guys, what he's talking about? This is Panini Direct on their on their app, right? Right, straight from Panini. Panini is doing an NFT. They're doing well. Panini is doing a blockchain, and we can argue whether it's real blockchain or not, and the whole deal. But, you know, back in January, I called Andrew after we had Coffee with Cage and one of our listeners said, hey, what do you think about Top Shot? And I, I did some research and by research, you know, I bought some packs and the whole deal. And then we came on and we told you guys about it. Not a pump and dump. Right. But just to tell you, because this is what we do. We're on here every day and we're tell you about buying it. Right. So so Andrew and I have bought some of these silver packs. They've had base packs. There are base packs coming out. They've had a couple of other packs. Um, you know, I, I told Andrew what, what my thoughts are. I'm still kind of researching it. Still not 100%, you know, bought it in. There's right? a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. There's so a, like lot, one thing, a lot. One thing I really things. like is the auction. So if you want to sell a, a card or a moment, it's, it's really, it's an NFT card. It's a 24-hour auction. Really easy to use, simple. You click a button and it's listed. I don't like that you can't see recent comps. Can't see anything. You don't know what things have sold for. You can't you, sort your own stuff. 
you can and you can't. It, 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 there's there's a lot left to be desired from like the actual research. But if you go on the main page, Cage, there's this recently sold in blockchain section. Yeah. And you can see what it's sold for, but you only see like just the last few sales. Right. Only a couple. You can't so they, like actually dig in and see what they're doing. I think this sell could for. be a lot bigger if they update their their you know their platform. There's got to be so much more. Like like you know somebody who buys packs like you, it sounds like you've bought hundreds of these things. Yeah. How do you right now? If I ask you right now, how many Devonte Grams you own? You have no idea. You can't. No, you, you might have got them in packs. No, no, I checked. I, I know my cards. You, you, yeah, the filter functionality is not easy. There's none. I can't. I don't even know how to do it. Like you could do it by by the by the by the year. You could search the name at the top only on a mobile phone on the mobile app, not on a computer. Okay, I'll have to figure out how to do that. Of like who I own and how many I own and that stuff. I have to do that. But You're thousand percent right though. It's it's cumber. It's clunky. How about, how about gifting? How about like, hey, you own a Devante? I want it. Send me one, and I'll trade you no. one for it. So these are the things they have to. And, and, yep. and it will not be – and guys, before you go diving into this, taking this top shot and you make hundreds of thousands of dollars, it will not be a success if they do not change it, right? But the changes are easy. The changes are straightforward. The changes are simple. And um, for those of you who like silver cards but don't like that they're not numbered, the NFT version of these things are 149 of them, yeah. right? So what I told Andrew when I called him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, right? And, and there are people who are posting about this. Ziggy No, right? The Ziggy No, uh, you know, who's who, you know, I mean, get his full name for me if you can, please. But he, he's posted about these things. He showed that LeBron. One of the cool things that, that has people engaged from Top Shot are the challenges, right? It's one of the few things they do that's not boring on their site, right? It's, it's challenge. They've done challenges. And when they release a pack, there's challenges in the pack. And it makes an Alex Caruso that's probably only worth 10 bucks into something that's worth 150 yeah, Because right. you need that Caruso to get the LeBron, right? And mm -hmm. they're also being smart. Last week, Top Shot, I did a challenge hoping to get serial number one. I got the John Collins reward. I get it. He was in the playoffs. John Collins. I got serial number one silver rookie Capuanzo. Oh. Facundo Capazzo. Yeah. So, so what I was saying, the rewards, the rewards that I've seen, they did a reward for, um, for Marvels. You know the cool like superhero Marvels, you know, like kind of mm -hmm. thing. The reward for that was Luca, right? They got a reward going right now for high voltage. That's a cool, you know, Dunruss insert set, high voltage. The reward is Zion. Now the reward on the silvers is LeBron. You know what I mean? Like they, they're smart. You know, like they, they are, they, they know that these are what people are going to want to collect and they're making them rewards and they're going to have some value in the whole nine yards. Uh, I have not bought a single blockchain card. That's not one of these like prism packs, but I haven't gotten into the ones that are like the pack pulled redemption blockchains that you can get that way. And, and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure those are great too. There are autos. I haven't got into autos to me. An auto blockchain card does not make any sense at all. It's not really autographed. It's just right. an it's just a, a, a blockchain version of an autographed yeah. card. To me, that doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of kinks to be worked out. But I told Andrew, I said, you know, you know, here we are. It's the same kind of thing as as Top Shot. Like you might as well give it a shot. If it flops, it flops. You know, you balance it out with something that's a little more, you know, um, a little more, you know, safe. But if this if this catches on, and it can very easily catch on, right? You know, it's like it's like Gary V says, right? It's not an it's not an or, it's an and. 
Yeah, but you can own a Lamelo Silver tangible and pair it up with a Lamelo Silver NFT or a Lamelo Ch- Silver blockchain that's numbered, right? And costs less. There will be less of these silvers than there yep. will be PSA 10 Lamellos. And those exactly. PSA 10 will be a lot more money. And that's part of why we're bringing it up. I'm glad you went there because this is exactly what I was talking about. Like, I, if I could go back and change one thing, it would be I told everybody about Top Shot, but I wish it was like, you know, the day I called you. And, you know, we probably talked about it like the day after. Th- that's why I wanted to bring it up. For a year or two, it's like one of those things when, because it's a gamble. But here's the thing, guys. Like, uh, I've talked about us being gamblers. I'm a gambler. Cage said this to me once, like he lost money at a casino and he said, I'm not doing this ever again. If I nope. want to gamble, I might as well put it into cards or things that I know that are around cards. So here's the same thing. Like, sure, I, I went big relative to my disposable income. But at the same time, like I have something to show for it. I have the experience. I have content to talk to you guys about. And it's not like it's blackjack, you know, win or lose. I still have moments and cards that moments. I don't know what we even call them, NFTs. No, these that, aren't really moments. But yeah, they're, they're just – they're. They're just blockchain cards, you know? They're just- and at least I could auction off and get some money back or all money back, whatever. I don't know what the auctions would close at. So it, it's, an, I guess, educated gamble is, is the bucket I'm trying to put this in. Yeah. Listen, I'll probably lever in some of the top shot gains and I'll rationalize it that way. And, you know, I'm not talking about putting five figures in it or anything like that. Nothing crazy, right? And it sounds like you already did, right? That's $10,000, pal, five figures. You're counting, using your fingers. Yeah, so uh, below there, but right around. Maybe All the challenge. Right. Jeez, you got 10, 10 G's already in it? This guy's going hard on this one. Okay, I like it. Good for you. Listen, you know what that says? I mean, we, we've been around cards. We've been around these investments for quite some time, right? And, you know, if, if it feels right, I'm glad you're telling folks about it. We could be wrong here, guys, but play around with it. Right, do a little research on it. Get on it. It's a free app, the Panini Direct app. It's a little tough even to just get to like some of the things, just to get the public auctions up there, just to like click on what there is. A little difficult. But that said, it's easier to offload your moment or your cards, which I'd like. Like I, I, I always I hated how on Top Shot you have to wait for someone to buy and there was no auction or offer button. I love that you could auction these off. And you could you could create an auction and a buy it now, which was kind of cool. So you have a 24-hour auction, and you could also set a price that if someone who's bidding on your auction wants to buy it right there on the spot, they could buy it. And how about ease of getting in and getting out? It's PayPal. PayPal. Right? Yeah. It's PayPal. It's linked to PayPal, right? So you want to sell one, it, 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 you get the PayPal money right then. You sell yeah. it, boom, you get paid. You want to put your money in, you go right there, PayPal. So I was pissed. Today there was a Colin Sexton silver uh, jersey number, two out of 149. And my PayPal was linked to my uh, seller account, but it wasn't linked to my buyer account. So I, I, I tried to bid, but I couldn't bid. And it was like 50 bucks. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Well, you know, if anybody has any questions about it, not that we're experts on it yet, but that's the thing. Normally, I would become an expert on this and then tell you guys about it so that I can ask, answer questions and stuff like that. I'm going to – I'll go, you know, a little more in depth in the research. Um, we, Andrew and I also did not get in. They had these red and green debuts that were really yeah. limited. The packs were not that expensive at all. And I'm sure they're out. If you're looking at they're really expensive. We did not do those. Um, you know, we it's just, just 24 got hours, maybe going on like 36. Uh, was it Thursday or Friday that we talked about this? I think Friday, right? Maybe yeah. I don't know. I think Friday. I'm, uh, if you guys find me, I'm Mamba's fadeaway on there. Oh dude, I don't even know how to change my name. 
My name is like LB639DVATIV or something like that. Like I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to put a name on. And that's um, so they have a few releases coming out. They have like an NBA NFT blockchain flashback insert pack coming out. Um, it's it's on the Panini Direct app. So oh, and they have some blockchain packs coming out. So it's interesting. A lot of the UI UX looks like Top Shot, frankly, especially when you're opening the packs. So we'll see where it goes. We I wanted to bring it up to be completely transparent with you guys. And if it goes up. You're along for the ride. If it goes down, it wasn't us. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, thank you all. And big man, thank you. Thank you for a year, man. I mean, if, if it wasn't for you, I would just be talking without any direction whatsoever. I would just be talking in circles. To the family? <laughs> so to the that, family? No, no, even in this, even in a podcast, I would just be talking and no one would be asking me questions and I wouldn't have any direction. The train would be literally off the tracks. Thanks for providing the tracks. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.